Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. My guest today is Beat Chain CEO Ben Mendoza. First of all, Apple made a very interesting purchase recently, an acquisition, I should say, and that was of a company called Platoon. And what Platoon does is they provide A&R, basically signing and developing talent, and marketing and funding and recording studios and video editing suites and fiscal business management. It sounds like a record label, doesn't it? Well, this is a company that's trying to provide record label services without being a record label. And instead of taking the artist's rights, which is what happens with the label, label basically says, we'll give you a bunch of money in advance and we'll provide all these services, but we control the rights to your content for X number of years. Well, Platoon doesn't do that. Platoon basically takes a minority stake in the artist. So Apple turns around and buys Platoon. And everybody in the music industry is scratching their heads and going, well, why? And many predict that even though the major labels are doing really well right now, and especially Universal, which just posted $7 billion that they made last year, and streaming contributed to a great deal of that, and that was up 30-some percent, and everybody's pretty happy in the music business these days. There are some predictions that say that in 10 years, there will be no major labels. And in fact, what's interesting is Vivendi, who owns Universal Music, and again, Universal Music is the biggest label out there, by a lot, actually. Vivendi wants to sell up to 50% of Universal. And it's a good time right now because they just had a good year before the bubble breaks. <laughs> sell it off. Anyway, there are many in the industry that think that maybe the days of the label are over. I don't think that. And the reason why is, again, major labels supply something that is really difficult to do on your own. And that's, they take stars and they make superstars out of them. In order to reinvent the wheel is very difficult on that level. Now, certainly on a smaller level, it can be done and has been done. And there are plenty of success stories of artists that are doing it themselves with no problem. Now, one of the things about that is, if you're an artist, you really have to want to do all that extra work yourself or have management that wants to do it. Because if you don't, then you're better off having a label do all the marketing and do all the financial fiscal management and things like that. So we shall see what happens, but it is quite curious that Apple purchased Platoon. And perhaps we'll see the reason behind it soon. And that being said, many times Apple acquires a company and we never hear about them again. And all we know is their infrastructure is somehow being used in Apple somehow. And they're buying it for either the people or for some technology. So that might be the case here too. We'll see. <laughs> If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyowinnercircle.com. Don't forget about my online courses on mixing, production, branding, and music business success at bobbyosinskicourses.com. Also, get an expert analysis and objective opinion of your songs and mixes as a member of my Hitmakers Club. Go to hitmakersclub.com 
to learn more. Now here's something that's really interesting. Soundfly did an analysis of last year's songs, all their hit songs, and issued a report. Basically looked at the top 40 songs from last year. And it was really interesting. Remember back in the day, there was a couple of things that happened. The tempos of hit songs were somewhere around 120 BPM, 110 to 130 maybe, somewhere in there. And also a lot of songs were written in E and D because of the guitar. That is no longer the case. In fact, it looks like nobody writes on guitar anymore because (laughs) most hits last year were in E flat minor, believe it or not. Wow, who would have thought that? There's only one song in D and one song in E. That's it. Now, if we look at tempo, again, it's even more of a head scratcher. The big billboard hits of last year came in around 77 to 78 BPM. Some came in as high as 136 to 154, but there was nothing in between 110 and 125. The interesting thing is if you go back and you look at the Rolling Stone top 500 songs of all time, the vast majority clock in at 110 to 125 BPM. So now everything is changing. Now that being said, the 25 most streamed Spotify songs averaged around 90 BPM. So that's kind of interesting because now we're finding that songwriting may be formulaic. It always has been to some degree, but the formula has changed a whole lot. One thing that is pretty interesting, and maybe this is part of the formula as well, I guess it is, most songs now utilize four chords or less. And we find that there are very few, in fact, that have more than four chords. So I think that's a little distressing if you just look at the musicality of it. But on the other hand, a hit is a hit, and it's a hit for a reason. My guest today is Ben Mendoza, who created UK-based Beat Chain, along with co-founder and musician Steve Jones, in order to accelerate artist growth by using data science and automation. Ben has spent almost 25 years using software to improve decision-making and automate time-consuming processes with his leading expense management company, MDSL. These are tasks that BeatChain now brings to the music industry. He leads a team that includes behavioral economists, PhD data scientists, artificial intelligence and machine learning experts, and senior music industry professionals that help artists and bands to build their fan bases across social media, improve fan engagement, identify the most engaged fans, and promote only those that are most likely to respond. The platform offers a version for artists and a B2B version for major and independent record labels, artist managers, and promoters. In the interview, we talked about the real-world background of the company, new data possibilities for artists, how analytics works in the new music business, and much more. Ben and I spoke via Skype from his office in the UK. Let's start with the obvious. Tell me about BeatChain. What is BeatChain? Yeah, BeatChain's a sort of... uh basically a music tech company um, and how this has come about is that uh, I've been in the sort of tech industry for 20 odd years um, and, and up until you know last year I used to run quite a big um, software company that had uh, very big sort of um, enterprise customers globally uh, and so I'm used to dealing with, with, with big data and, and data analysis and that sort of stuff. Um, but I've always been a keen musician, um, not a brilliant musician, but a keen one. 
um, used to play when I was 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 much much young, younger in bands and things. And um, a couple of years back, I met a musician um, over here called Steve Jones, who is one of the founders of Beat Chain, and um, he's a great musician. Runs his own uh, funk soul band, but's had you know contracts with many labels and played on thousands of records with very big artists. And he's put together this band, which is made up of similar session artists. Actually, it's actually called Brother Strut, and they're a, a funk soul band. Of, they're, they're very good. But what I was very enamored with was how he had done all the promotion himself using social media channels and some guile, basically, in terms of the way he put it all together. And when I was looking at what he was doing, it occurred to me that really what he needs is, 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 is to work with people with a tech background who could take his ideas and sort of productize them and get them to a point at which we could really make it scalable and offer them out to a wider community. Because, you know, as he told me, and I sort of suspected anyway, uh, it's, you know, the music industry has been doing things the same way for a very long time and really have uh, a lot of what they do is based on experience of people, but gut feel and uh, not necessarily, you know, driven by data and what, you know, following where the data tells you you should go. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, a real benefit for actually looking at what engagement you're getting and, and what you're getting back. So, so you know, Beat Chain has been put together basically to level the playing field a little bit. I'll sort of explain what I mean by that. Um, you know, it seems to me and, and many others I talk to, including Steve, that, you know, when you look at artists in the music world, there's the top sort of one or two percent sort of superstars up there, probably even smaller than that in terms of percentage, who do really well. And then there's everybody else. And there's a lot of, there's a very long tail of very talented artists, you know, lower down who are having to do three jobs and, and are not making a living out of, out of their music. Um, so our mission, if you like, is to give them a set of tools and that, give them the same sort of capabilities they would have if they were signed to a major label, had a big budget for, for marketing and, and everything else. In fact, our experience now having met many big labels and looking at what they're doing, I think the beat chain tools are better than they have. Wow. Um, but the idea is to make it very affordable for ordinary musicians to be able to use a set of tools that abstract away all the complexity but give them great insight into how they're engaging with their fans across social media, across YouTube, across all the other you know, channels that they, they share their content on, SoundCloud, Spotify, everything else, um, and allow them to build up a base of very dedicated fans to a point where they can hopefully monetize them in terms of selling the merchandise of their tickets, and, you know, make a living out of, of what they want to do. So let me see if I got this right. So BeatChain essentially would collect the analytics from different platforms and present it in a way that allows the average artist to yeah. utilize them better. Is that fair enough to say that? Yeah, that, that, that is fair enough. I mean, basically what we do is we, we bring it all together in one place 
and we, you know, behind the scenes, we're using some machine learning and some um, artificial intelligence almost, uh, well, it can be classified as that in terms of the way, way we make decisions and place adverts and do other things. But, yeah, fundamentally what we do is we give an artist very simply a way of, of starting up the app, describing the, the, you know, the channels they use, and the, our, our app will actually go and scrape all the relevant information about their fans and, and, and their data, bring it together so they can see not only how they're doing, but it will benchmark them against their peers, and, and not just the superstar ones, because you know, might say, I, I'm like Led Zeppelin, I'm never going to have the same sort of following as Led Zeppelin, but there's plenty of other bands that, that are like that, that are like me, that you know, I can compare myself with, and I can see what is getting engagement, what sort of content is getting engagement, where those fans are, so I can plan tours and other things later on. But uh, yeah, the idea is to, is to, is to give me a, uh, an aggregated view of how I'm seen in, 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 the, in the wider world. One of the things I always believed was that there's no such thing as bad music. There's music that you don't care for, but there's always an audience for something. And we all know there's an artist or a style of music that we ourselves just hate, and yet they have a huge following and, and are doing really well. And this, in fact, would help the artist that is doing music that, let's say, is a little off the beaten track, to find that an audience, which has always been difficult. Yes, it has. It certainly helps if you are, you know, you don't want to be a genre of one, but yeah. it, 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 it certainly helps if you have some influences that you can refer to that they're also in, in your sort of genre. But you know, it doesn't really matter if you're a, you know, a singer. Singaporean yodeler, there'll be somebody out there that possibly wants to listen to your music and you know, we can help you find those people and actually build up a very engaged you know, fan base that interact w with your content on a regular basis. So, um, you know, what, what artists tend to do, most artists that we've, that we've spoken to and, and through my experience is, you know, they don't have a lot of money, but they'll They'll, they'll scrape something together and they'll try and put together the best sort of demo or music video they can, you know, make it as shiny as possible and, 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 and put it out there. But actually, if they haven't got an engaged fan base or any fan base to talk of, then it basically just bounces off everyone because they say, okay, that's good, but, you know, who are these people? You know, we can show them through sort of the behavioral stuff that we, don't, that we, that we go through because BeatChain is a collection of data scientists and behavioral economists, economists, sorry, um, you know, tech people and music pros. So we actually are very interested in how people interact with content and, uh, and so on. So we can, we can say, well, actually, don't spend a load of money. Just get your iPhone out, do some lo-fi content, introduce the band, introduce what you're doing, you know, talk to the people about what you're interested in. And that generates an enormous amount of engagement and later on you can you can share you know the music video or whatever else there's a place for those things but you've got to you you've got to know the the route really the platform isn't launched yet is it the platform is about to go into beta so um we have been using it ourselves on a number of a number of bands to sort of prove the concepts and tune it and make sure that we're not you know, we're not deluding ourselves into how, the, how this thing works. Um, so obviously we've used it with Steve's band, Brother Strut. We've used it with a, a beatbox band over here called Duke, D-U-K-E. 
Um, you know, if you look at they're called Jute Beatbox. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brand that we've created from scratch to see if we could do that. A guy called Mike Mayfield. So you want to look up MikeMayfield.co.uk. You'll you'll find him. And and those those three are actually effectively signed to in inverted commas the beat chain uh, label. So they you know we're we're, we're helping them uh, go a long way. But we've been more recently uh, working with. Um, a couple of artists that are signed to the 11.7 label group in, in New York, one, one called Just Loud and another one called Bang Bang Romeo. And, you know, we're, we're, so we're using the techniques and the technology that we've, we've developed to, to, to prove it, take it out across various genres, as you mentioned. Um, and we're now in a position where we've had a number of people wanting to sign up to the to the BeatChain app, and we're starting the beta process. I think with the first few, um, maybe sort of ten or twenty, will be uh, in literally next week. And the idea is by, I would say, the end of the end of Q1, um, we should be in a position to to, to roll it out to, to the wider audience. What's interesting here is you're describing the modern record label. What you do is really what the modern record label should be doing because distribution is no longer something that's done in-house by a label. No, that's right. That's right. And, and you know, that's something that we're still to bring to the platform, but we, you know, we're looking to, to plug in uh, the APIs for something like a DistroKid or, or, or one of those other similar, uh, you know, distribution platforms so that, so that our artists can have it all in, in one place. So, um, you're absolutely right. You know, we do offer, as I was saying, you know, a lot of the capabilities that a label has, but we've we've brought it down to a to a level where any artist can do it, and it also cuts out for some of these guys that are obviously unsigned. The it cuts out a lot of the sort of uh, the people in the middle, maybe the promotions, the agents, and everybody else that tend to take a slice of their action as well. So. You know, we've what we've done with 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 our bands um, so far is we put on some uh, a number of gigs. In fact, Duke are just about to go out on a tour, um, and they you know Duke had never headlined before. They've always been a, a support band, so you know, we've we we dry hired some 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 venues. We put the tickets on sale through sort of Eventbrite, and and basically sold those things out because we built the fan base up. I think we sold out. Um, the first one, in terms of advertising costs, was less than two hundred pounds, um, wow. and in uh, the, for the one they did in Gloucester were, was was actually less than a hundred pounds, which was a bigger gig. Um, and that's just because if you go through the process and you've got the engagement, and these people are saying, "When are you playing? When can I come and see you?" They're going to buy your tickets as long as they're not, you know, set at the wrong price. Wow, that's impressive. How much does this cost? Have you priced it yet? Yeah, so the idea is it's like a freemium model. We want to make the app available. There will be a number of functions in it which we will get in the beer, you know, basically for nothing, which will be the, what we call the launch pad, which is a scheduling content management tool, a bit like Hootsuite. I don't know if you know Hootsuite. But oh, use it every day, yeah. Yeah, um, similar to that, but you know, designed for, for, for queuing up and, 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 and distributing onto Facebook and, and, and Instagram and, 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 and Twitter and other, other platforms. 
your content you want to put out. It also helps you get the right, right formats in terms of video formats and length of video and all that sort of stuff ready for those platforms because they, they all have quite a lot of technicalities that not all artists understand really. So the, the launch pad and the sort of insights dashboard, the one that goes out there and scrapes all the data for you, brings it all together and shows you who your demographic is, you know, what, what age groups, whether they're mostly female or male and so on and so forth, where they are geographically, you know, that is all basically um, comes free as part of the BeatChain app. Um, on top of that, you're going to have what we call the fan builder. Now, the fan builder is really the secret source of BeatChain. It is an amazing piece of, of, of code that looks after actually scientifically placing ads on the platform. So these we're now talking about paid advertising. So what you can do is you can see it's, it's wizard-driven as far as the artist is concerned. So you, you go into the first step of the wizard and it says, okay, tell me a bit about the influences you have. So you might say, okay, my influences are Prince and, and, and Lenny Kravitz. And it will automatically build and it'll, it'll then say, okay, which geographies are you in? So you get a world map and you can pick the countries you're interested in because there's no point having fans necessarily in Kazakhstan if you're not going to, you know, you're ever going to go there. So you might say, okay, North America and the UK, let's say. And so then it will automatically build hundreds, literally hundreds of lookalike audiences that match that profile. Okay, you can add other influences as well. You, maybe you like hot rod cars or you like something else, you know. And so you can find all those, all those people that match. And then it will say, okay, what budget of advertising do you want to put in? And, and maybe it's only a few dollars a day, you know, because the artists don't have hundreds of thousands to spend. But maybe you say $10 a day or something I want to run for a, for a couple of weeks. What happens is the software places hundreds of adverts with a tiny amount of spend and then the machine learning and AI basically sees which ones are, uh, are getting engagement, shuts off the ones that aren't, and reduces it down to just two or three that are, that are producing the most engagement. Now, the pe people that are interacting more than once with you um, and you know, bringing the cost of each like down to uh, you know, a few cents, if we can do that. You know, normally, it's about 25 cents or something per, per like it ends up. Um, but these are now engaged fans. These are people that will move up through the, what we call the engagement pyramid and you can serve them the next piece of content, which may be, you know, a piece about the band or if they've looked at more than 30 seconds of that, you might go on to say, you know, this is, here's the next track or whatever it happens to be. So you can, you can plan all this out, press go, and the software goes and does that. So that piece, again, doesn't cost the artist any, anything, but we take, I think, one and a half or two percent of the ad spend that goes through that. So that's how we uh, that's how we uh, monetize that on the beat chain side. Wow, I'm sure you thought about this, but it's scalable to brands as well. I'm thinking about myself because I do online courses and a lot of Facebook advertising as a result, of which I have to manually construct lookalike audiences and manly do the ads. And there's not a whole lot that's automatic about it. Plus, I had to take a course to understand how to do this. So to have something do that for you is amazing. Yeah, well, you're exactly where Steve Jones was. That's exactly what Steve had done. He had taught himself and gone on courses for Facebook ads 
And he was very good at it. You know, he got very good at understanding because it's what you exclude as well as what you include. There's, there's, there's a whole load of complexity in there that, to be honest, most artists won't, gra- you know, won't want to grapple with. We, we extract all that, you know, we abstract, if you like, away from, from, from that completely. So it's, it's, it's a very easy-to-use interface, and the software does all that for you, and it monitors it 24 hours a day. You know, people forget to look at they've got ads running and they start spending too much money and this sort of thing. So, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we see, in fact, we've had quite a, a few inquiries already from sports and from fashion and from some other areas that this particular area is very extensible and portable to other, other categories. And we certainly see that as, as part of our future. But at the moment, we're sort of concentrating on the music side. Right. What is Fancoda? Okay, so Fancoda is just a brand name that we put to providing these services to, uh, it's like the B2B side of it. What I've described with the artist is more the sort of B2C side. Mm-hmm. So when we work with um, people like 11.7 Group, Alan Kovac there, and you know Doc McGee and McGee Entertainment, we wanted to have like a website and an area where they could go to which wouldn't be full of all the stuff that the artists are doing. So it's the same underlying technology, but it's bundled slightly differently and pre- presented as a service to labels and, and artist managers and you know talent agencies and so on so that they can use it for their existing portfolio. So, for example, what we did with Alan um, at 11.7, one of the first things we showed him is we'd loaded all the artists on his portfolio in, into the into the solution, and we had also because the way the system works, it automatically scrapes you know bands in town and and and, and Spotify and Songkick and all the other data sources, if you like, publicly available data sources out there, and builds up a, a, a very full picture of, of all your similar artists as well. And then we did something, you know, the data scientists side, you know, do something like a linear regression, which shows a trend line through these artists. Say, okay, for their for their popularity on, on, on Spotify, or, or where is where should this line be for the number of fans they have and the and the output they've created? And you can see the ones that are below the trend line, in other words, should be performing better. And you can see the ones that are above the trend line and, 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 and are doing very well. And, and then you can click on one of these dots and drill into it and understand, you know, what should we do or, or, or how should we approach, you know, improving this particular artist to bring them up to, to, to have the popularity level they should have for the content they have and, and, and so on and so forth. So it's very interesting to see which, which artists are gaining traction and how the service is actually working. So, you know, if you've got maybe 50, 60 artists, how much money are you going to put into all of these? Are you just going to put an equal amount into them? Or, or it's very simple to do it at a very, very low cost with, with the Fancoder approach um, and see very, very quickly, you know, literally within days, which ones are doing well and which ones, you know, need a bit more attention. Does it make suggestions of how much you should spend? It doesn't do that, no. Um, it, we can get to a point where we can make suggestions on how much a ticket price should be, you know, based again on benchmarking what other artists have done that are similar to you in the same geographies, uh, the same sort of venues. Um, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't 
it's, it's really up to the end user as to how much they want to put into it. But, you know, what we've shown already with the work we've done with the, you know, admittedly it's a limited number, it's only half a dozen you know, bands that we've worked with so far. What we've shown is we can get great results for a very, very low um, investment, you know, if you, if you do this correctly. You know, certainly when I say very, very low, compared with what is traditional in terms of marketing budgets for these these sorts of performers. And I also believe that's, that, that's going to be true at the other end. You know, we spoke to AGI, Artist Group International, um, uh, and they're quite interested in, in, in the technology that we have. And, um, you know, I know that for some of their major artists who may be, say, playing in New York or something like that, they'll spend very large amounts on advertising that, that gig. You know, we, we did a comparison. There was one, I, I won't mention names, but there was, there was one particular very famous artist that plays regularly at Madison Square Gardens, and they, they spend, you know, I think something like 120,000, 130,000, something like that, you know, on marketing for each gig. I mean, that's small compared, obviously, to the ticket uh, values are going to get back. But, you know, we ran some, we ran some numbers, and, and because there's such a big existing audience base already, you know, fan base, we felt we could sell the same number of tickets for about three and a half grand. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of getting those people to a point where they want to go to the site and, and, and visit the site and, and do that. So that's what we hope to see in future. The idea is to, you know, give artists and these, these labels as well, a tool set that, disrupts basically the way they do things currently and you know it doesn't take away from the result for them but it means that they'll end up with more hopefully more profit and, and more of that can go to the artists that's that that's really the big drive for us is to make sure that artists can make a living out of this well of course the old adage is 50 percent of advertising works but you just don't know which 50 percent so this basically takes that away because now there's more certainty it, it does. It gives you more certainty because, you know, the classic examples of this, and I'm not saying it's completely wrong because I'd be wrong to say that, but, you know, when you when the times we speak to the, to the labels and, and it's all about, oh, can we get them radio play? You know, can we get this band on the radio? Yeah. And, and I know that's because some of the charts, you, you know, that they, that they rely on still think about radio, but I don't know anybody that really listens to the radio anymore. You know, they download podcasts and, and in the car, possibly, they do that. But the thing with radio is, you know, you probably get a massive audience of people driving their cars, but you don't get any data back. You don't yeah. know who they were. In everything that we do, the important thing for us is to get that data and bring it back and reuse it. Because next time we, you know, next year's tour, when we do those cities again, it's going to cost us even less because we already have that engaged, that engaged fan base. We have to build it. Now, you said that you're scraping data from Spotify and I suppose the other streaming networks. Is, is that openly available, especially from, I'm thinking like Apple Music, which, which is notorious for being a little stingy on things like that. Are there certain platforms that, that are easier than others or more difficult than others? Yeah, they, they, all have, they all have their, uh, their complexities and, 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 and you have to have certain status. I mean, obviously since, all the issues with with uh, privacy and and so on that happened in the last couple of years it's got harder with with, with facebook and and 
and, and everybody else to be able to get to, to, to do this as well as we'd like to. I mean, although we have the right status with Facebook to be able to do that, the, with Apple, I know you can get flat files and so on. If you're, if you're a label, for example, again, with the work we're doing with, um, with 11.7, we've, we've, we've seen the, the big data you can get back from Spotify on their artists, you know, having an API key and being able to get, it, get, get all the detailed information, and it's fantastic. If you can get to that information, and we can, then, then what becomes available is, you know, we, we worked, we're working with them on, on a project coming up for Motley Crue, and um, so we've started to look at uh, some of their data. And, um, you know, you're getting 3 million rows a day uh, of, of people that have streamed their, their music. So it's a reasonably big data set, but it's a very rich data set. So you can see when, you know, whether people were leaning in or, or leaning back when they listened to it, whether they listened to it on a playlist, which 20 seconds of that, particular stream are the most engaging or where did the skips take place and, and so forth so forth and you know if you look at that data properly you know we can go back and say well when you're going next to do your promotion for for this band this is the 20 seconds of the track that's going to get the most engagement you know use that in your in your promo and so on so it, it's really interesting to look at that that rich data and and and, and mine it for to really inform better decisions. Wow. That's really impressive, I have to say. This is one of the coolest things I've heard about in a long time, Ben. Oh, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad you like it. I mean, we're very happy to show it to you. I mean, I know you're a podcast, but if, if, you know, if, you, if you've got people that, that uh, would like to see it or whatever, you know, please go to beatchain.com. And um, at the moment, the page just says sign up for the beta. It doesn't do anything because we're just gathering people's names. And then we're, as I say, in, in the coming weeks, We'll be we'll be coming back to those people that have signed up with with more information of how they can get um, they can get the app um, and um, and and start using it and of course for for the um, for all the people that are on the beta uh, which will which will obviously be over the next next couple of months and so you know there's no costs involved but well, unless they're going to be placing adverts and obviously we're going to pay for those but right but, but, but uh, to actually use it there's there's no cost I think when it goes when it goes into production proper, it, we again we want to make it affordable. It's going to be less than ten dollars a month. Wow! To use it, so you know nine ninety nine or something, um, which equates over here to about seven ninety nine or something in in UK pounds. It'd probably be nine ninety nine pounds soon, or with Brexit. Yeah. But um, you know the idea of it is it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be overly expensive, and you should get great value from it. Um, and that's that's what we're about. Very cool. Well, last question, Ben. What's the best piece of business advice that you've either received from somebody or you learned along the way? <laughs> That's an easy one, actually. It's surround yourself with people cleverer than, than yourself. Basically, that, that's what you want to do. And that's been the secret of my success. And it's not been a hard, <laughs> it's not been a big ask either. You know, there's always people out there that, that have great ideas and you know, if you can surround yourself with clever people that are, that are passionate about what you're doing, you know, it's not about ego and, and, and doing things yourself. It's about the, the team's success. So, I mean, I'm very lucky that I've got, I'm surrounded at Beach Chain by some very clever people. 
You can find out more about Ben and BeatChain at BeatChain.com. That's B-E-A-T-C-H-I-A-N, all one word, BeatChain.com. Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at BobbyOInnerCircle.com. To listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to BobbyOsinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to BobbyOInnerCircle.com, where you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Radio Public. At BobbyOsinski.com and BobbyOwnerCircle.com, you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time. Bye.